Okay, I hear nothing. Podcasting is always better when you have audio. Make it a little bit easier to follow. Then it's audible. And there's that. Mel, did you talk? Did we hear you? Maybe if we mind. Books? Yay. Hello and welcome to another potentially useful episode of the Tea Capsule Podcast. My name is Larry Burden, and she's celebrating spring by opening all the literary windows. It's Steffi Light. Before we introduce our special guest, let's turn the page on another Tea Caps Loop moment of zen. I find television very educating. Every time somebody turns on the set, I go into the other room and read a book. Groucho Marx. All right, so hey, Steffi, introduce our special guest. Yes, we have a very special guest. Melissa Bauman is our middle school library coordinator, our librarian at both East and West Middle School. And not only do I just like, just love to talk to her about all things, not just uh, library related, but April is school library month. So I wanted to bring in a few of my counterparts in the library department and talk all things books and libraries which is, you know, kind of a small topic, pretty focused. We can get that all in, in you know, the next hour. Yeah, oh, I mean, Larry edits. page bullet point document <laughs> to actually discuss all the things. We'll have it all covered. We talked in the past, March is reading month, and there were lots and lots of activities going on during March. And so one just question, kind of throwback to March, that I had to ask Melissa, there's a, Melissa... I wanted her to just tell us a quick update about her tournament. She does a book tournament in March at both schools, and I'm curious about the winners. I mean, we know we ended up with North Carolina. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I will okay. happily fill you in on that. Exciting times around here, that's for sure. But thank you for that lovely introduction, first and foremost. And I, too, love to talk to you about all things, even beyond books. Thank you. Um, so March Madness, interestingly enough, the winner is the same. Oh, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. We got, we got a good, don't, don't put the card before the horse. Give me okay. the grade eight. Okay. Final four. And okay. then the winner. So yeah. you want a little bit of the details about the March Madness tournament before I just give the big reveal? Exactly, yes. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Got you. Very. So the we started with the Sweet Sixteen, and those were books that were chosen based upon popular checkouts, as well as books that I kind of wanted to have in the tournament and student and staff requests. So it was kind of this hodgepodge of books. And um, I have questions about the selection committee there. I think that we need to have a. <laughs> you have. are welcome to send any questions you have because you are speaking to the selection committee. Um, <laughs> there is only one. <laughs> Anywho, um, so we did the Sweet 16. I send out a Google form weekly. The students um, vote during their language arts class. Prior to that first vote, however, each student completes a predictions bracket. So they go through all 15 games to determine who is going to win each of those games. And anyone that has a perfect bracket come the end of the tournament is entered into the prize draw, which is a new book of their choice. So this year, we did not have any perfect brackets. We had really some that were close. Um, there were two students from East that had 14 of the 15 games correct, are correctly predicted. And there was one student from West Middle that had 14 
of the 15 games. So, you know, each week after the vote comes through with that Google form, I send out a little promotional video that um, gives them the update of who's advancing to the next round. Um, that's often playing in the library as well as hopefully being shown on the morning announcements and during their language arts classes. And then we, you know, go to the next round, Elite Eight down to Final Four, and then the final game. And so it was determined at both schools, drum roll please, <laughs> the Diary of a Wimpy Kid, the Meltdown, has taken the tournament at both schools. So Just that is where we on. are. And I was at West yesterday, and there were these four um, sixth graders having a talk about the tournament. And they were very upset that Wimpy Kid took it. They were like, I, I would not have predicted that. And we talked about how last year, uh, the Diary of a Wimpy Kid selection that was part of the 2021 tournament was eliminated fairly early on. So interesting. Yeah. Uh, I like to hear the perspective of the kids on that. There are lots of kids that are popping into the library saying, wait, the board hasn't been updated yet. Like, do we know? And often at times I have to say, well, there are a few language arts teachers that didn't get to the vote yet. So we're going to have to keep those polls open for another day. That's exciting. See there was people... some excitement, which is good. So did the students who ended up being the winners or, you know, closest mm -hmm. on the bracket, whatever, did those students select their book? Yeah, uh, I did hear from the East Middle uh, student just today. Yes, he informed me that I will be picking up Wings of Fire, Book 15, Flames of Hope. Excellent. Wow. So really giving the people what they want. Absolutely. Well, I love that the prize is a book because how fabulous. And it makes me think about choice reading. Like in the importance of students having choice, which really is all about what our libraries are doing. And as we kind of segue into April and we're into school library month and thinking about all of the things that happen in our school libraries and in libraries in general, access to choices. You know, there's so much science behind when oh, a child has a connection with a book, when they see themselves in the book when they see others that they know in the books, when they feel they feel more invested, more engaged, more interesting, interested in continuing to be a reader. And we know that there's so much out there that supports strong readers and their success in life skills. Absolutely. Um, you know, I find that I'm off, often working with the language arts teachers to encourage them to um, have students do a book tasting. You know, often when they start a new unit, they want the students to choose their free reading selection based on that theme. Um, so I'll often say, hey, let's do a book tasting. In fact, I'm doing one tomorrow. Um, the eighth graders are starting their um, Holocaust unit. And instead of just, you know, having them come and just stare at the shelves, and you know, it just never looks promising when the kids are just going up and down the shelves. And, you know, yes, I can pull some books, but unless I really bring their attention to it, I don't think that that choice is really activated. You know, they kind of just take one. So tomorrow we're doing a book tasting where I'll, I've pulled um, novels that complement the theme. They're going to sit down, they're going to have um, engage with at least five to seven of those novels and then make a really informed decision about which one interests them and hopefully walk away with a book that they're going to read thoroughly and be excited about in the weeks to come. So when they do their, their tasting or when they engage with the book, 
what will you encourage them to do? We'll start by having the class come down. I have all the books um, will be arranged in kind of this fun Starbucks cafe setting. And the students will first browse. The first five to seven minutes will just be visiting all 32 books that are out just to kind of see what, you know, which covers kept capture their attention. Hopefully I'll see them opening the books to see that summary or looking at the back cover. And then they'll make their first selection based upon that browsing. And then from there, then we'll have this little pamphlet that the students are going to take notes in. Um, So they'll sit down, they'll read the first chapter or as much of that chapter that they can get in in the time provided. And then they'll take some notes on that. You know, what appealed to them about the cover? What's their interest level? Did the author hook you? Is this a book, the phrase is, you know, that you would like to have a little bit more than a sip of, you know? From there, they go to the next table or maybe slide to a different one at their current table. And we'll do that repeatedly until they've reviewed five to seven books. I mean, that just sounds like, to me, the best thing that someone could ask me to do. And I know know that I'm like a super (laughs) book nerd, but like, please, please. I just, I want to do that. I want to come to the book tasting. Yes. Because it's a tasting, I even have a little mint and a chocolate at each place setting. So I mean, you had me at the books, but I now know, you've right? got some chocolate. Now I'm and just some... bribing them wow. <laughs> to really be engaged. But no, I I'm excited. It. It's the first time I'm doing this format. You know, in the past, I've done the snowball fights uh, where the kids are like crumpling up papers and actually throwing paper at each other for like a period of 10 seconds. And then they grab whichever snowball landed near them and open it up and that has a book summary on it. And then they have to take notes on that. So to save some trees this time, we're just, we're just going to do the book tasting. <laughs> Less snowy. It's getting to be spring. Yes. Bringing into a book tasting. I can't have any activity with snow in the title at this point. That sounds fantastic. And, and I saw a fabulous display related to the other thing with April. What's the other thing about April, Mrs. Bauman? Uh, yes. Uh, well, we've got a couple things going. Uh, we have the novels in verse in honor of Poetry Month. Because um, April is Poetry Month. Yes, April's Poetry Month. So we are showcasing uh, novels in verse and our great Trojan Read and great Titan Read competition, which is in effect. Um, that started... Uh, during March's reading month, so last month around the 12th, and it runs through the end of May. We are encouraging all students to read as many books, now not picture books, and books that they are not rereading, so these are new books. Although picture books are valid books, even for middle school. Yes, yes, but I want them to put a Not for the contest, though. So really, it's pitting 6th, 7th, 8th against staff. Uh, We're all battling to see who can read the most books. Once a student reads a book, they head to the library. We we have a little display. We have the um, leaderboard tracking the competition to show who is in the lead. I think currently it's our 7th graders here at East Middle School and the 6th graders at West. And they come to the library pick up a book ticket. The book ticket um, just requires them to answer a few questions about it, just provide a brief summary. And then we enter that into the um, log and they get a point for their team. And then we have various prize dates, which is why I brought this up. So our next prize day is on April 27th. So any student that reads a novel written in verse, uh, there's a special book ticket for that. They can complete that ticket and turn it in on that day, and they will be entered in the prize draw, which we will randomly select one student from 6th, 7th, and 8th to come visit our prize bin. 
Okay, so there's fabulous things happening all over the place. Okay, so the April School Library Month, and I'm just thinking about, you know, it's crazy that it is April. We're already getting into wrapping up the year and thinking about summer plans and summer reading, and then we're thinking about next year and what's happening with our collections and organizing and plans for next year. So just big picture, are there things... At, initiatives that you want to give us like a little teaser about or things you're hopeful to do? There are a lot of things on my to-do list or to explore list. Uh, I'm always in search of new ideas. I already have decided that I'm going to run the March Madness tournament slightly different next year. Okay. Um, I'm going to launch the, or kind of um, reveal the books in the fall so that I can have this concerted effort to get students to read the actual titles. I think a lot of it's just like, oh, the cover, or yeah, I heard someone like that, or I'm just going to vote, even though the form says, if you haven't read one of these, feel free to just leave that blank. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm already budgeting to purchase copies, um, extra copies of certain titles, and then I will have a permanent March Madness display um, at both libraries so that the students will see those titles and hopefully... Uh, read those in the months prior to March. That's really interesting. And that that lines up actually more with the actual tournament. Yeah, right. And it will allow me to um, really push some of those titles that I think should be in the hands of our students. I think I'll focus on maybe eight to 10 and then still leave, you know, six um, spots available for that student input or staff input or um, other library staff members. So We've both been involved with Battle of the Books for elementary in different capacities, and there's always been interest in having something in the middle school, and moving the March Madness format to more of a year-long read is really encompassing some of the um, elements of battle. You're not battling in terms yeah. of answering questions, but I love that you'll have kids working around a, a shared list, and you know those experiences when you're all reading the same of the right. discussions it's like a, that'll be like a year-long moving book club the middle school battle is definitely always on my list I just I don't know how I can accommodate that with the split between the two schools but I have actually um, reached out to some of the language arts teachers and I have a, a couple that are interested in exploring perhaps a battle type competition within their honors classes. Oh, interesting, yeah. So I threw together a list of titles for the sixth grade this year in hopes that we were going to get to it to the spring. And unfortunately, I don't think the teacher can, but that's something that's lined up for um, hopefully the fall where we'll we'll do that together. And you could do some, some questions, I guess, even around the books that will be used for March Madness. Oh, sure. Yeah. We were um, having to choose titles that we had extra copies of, you know, so that right more than one student could be reading that at a time. And so with those extra copies on hand, I definitely think there'll be some overlap. The bigger question really is more about the curation, how you actually put together your collection. And this is maybe a bigger, much bigger uh, discussion, but I was thinking about it in terms of March Madness, because yeah, at the start of the year, you 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 know, you had talked about putting together this list of books that would be your, you know, your sweet 16 or whatever. Well, what if a new book gets released that's really popular amongst the students and you would like to have that on the list, for instance? Melissa's so, running to BAM. So, that's well, right. And, and that's, and that's you know, my, my question is, you know, through the summer, uh, is it, my assumption is that 
during the summer or spring or coming into school is when you you kind of put together your collection. And then as the year goes on, are you like, okay, this is what I have, and then I'm just managing the collection? Or does the collection, is the collection growing and moving throughout the year? The short answer is I'm doing collection development all year long. I budget uh, for about um, four purchases, four book orders um, for the year. So I'm actually finalizing my last one right now, which will include some of those titles that I want to be on display for the fall in the new book section. If there are new titles that you're like, I would like to have, are you going to have like a, a 12, but then have some, some books that are play in books that, so you have some room to kind of fill out your. Absolutely. Yeah. For, for like the March madness, I I'm thinking of like eight right now so that they can, and then I'll probably gradually introduce them as books are released or as, you know, something that escaped my attention the first round, like, Oh my gosh, how did I not put that on the list? So Yes, I won't launch all 16. I want to have some wiggle room there so that I can make it, you know, I can give it students access to those books that I really want them to be reading. So Larry, you you bring up an interesting point though, as like, as you know, books are being published every day. And so Melissa and I are both on a committee for the state where we're selecting, it's called the Myself and Books list, and we're selecting inclusive books that are recommendations. But the books go through a really um, pretty, lengthy process you know there's a two if not three readers and there's a rubric that's filled out but the publication dates can be 21 22 but we have to get to a point where we we have to be able to read everything that's on our list and make sure everything has time to go through the evaluation process and we are adding to the list all along so last year doing the list a book that uh, there was a lot of excitement about came out early November, which was really late. No, it must've been October, but anyway, the list. So it's like, you can't ever, like, you're never done, right? Something <laughs> new is going to come out and you're going to like, you just, at some point you're like, okay, I've got to place this order with the, what I know I want right now. And then probably tomorrow I'm going to find seven more things, but that's the good thing, right? There's no shortage of fantastic books in the world. I currently have a um, list going for early fall purchases. So that's something I'll hit probably at the end of August going into September and place that order right then. So I'm always thinking and like it might not work with this particular list in terms of budget, but it's on my list already. It's a good note for students to to remember that the, right. the collection is not fixed. There's always something new yeah, in the we, library we like to, to pick out draw attention that we have a book flicks um, bulletin board. So kind of resembles Netflix where we have, re you know, what's trending now recently added. So that will kind of bring attention aside from the new books display in the library, just to kind of keep kids looking at those books and how they're changing. Larry, can I share my tech tool of the week? What made me think of it is a, a library, a colleague in the library world has this in their signature line, but it's called Name Drop. And it's just a, just a platform to record the audio of your own name. So what drew me to it is I wanted to make sure that I was pronouncing this person's name correctly. And then I saw, wow, easy. You just click on it and you hear them say their name. And being someone whose last name is not as easy to pronounce as it, I mean, it doesn't look like how it sounds. 
not that it offends me when people say it incorrectly, but you know, I thought, well, I'm going to try this. And I just thought I liked the option of being able to hear someone uh, say their name. And one of the books on our list last year was all about, it was from the perspective of, I think a kindergartner who had a last or had a first name that was always mispronounced and was, you know, teachers, other class member, classmates. And it was all about how it's really hard, especially for our littles when, or anybody, but when you're new to school or in a new environment and someone just perpetually doesn't say your name correctly, that is hurtful. And so I thought name drop was an excellent, uh, something to let people know about in case they want to share. I'll be checking it out after the podcast. I had a staff member come up to me today and ask me how to pronounce another staff member's name. And I guarantee the staff member they were referring to has had their name mispronounced their entire life. So if they would have had name drop, could have solved that. Could yeah. have solved that for sure. Yeah. When my son was in kindergarten at Carline, they would say your last name because it would be on the car for pickup. And they'd say loot. And he wouldn't go because he never knew they were talking to him. <laughs> so, you know, whatever they said, he, he didn't recognize it as his name. So anyway, name drop. Awesome. In closing, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook. Rate and review the podcast. On Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Audible, TuneIn, Pocket Cast, Downcast, Overcast, or wherever else you get your ear candy. Thanks for listening and inspiring. So you guys are already like a little wonky.